You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast. We're up to episode number 108. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, covering all things Orlando City Soccer Club. Uh, we cover the Pride. We cover all major soccer events in the city. Beautiful. And uh, joining me is uh, Mainland writer David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? Uh, a little dizzy from all the goings-on in the last couple weeks. Uh, you, you, you think you've got a handle on things, and then, boom, something else happens. And I'm just talking about soccer, not even the rest of the world. I don't even know what you're talking about. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going on, Um yeah. So, anyway, yeah, last week was a really long, long episode. And we're expecting this week to be a short episode, which is uh, – so so it'll sort of uh, even out a little bit. Uh, so if you're looking – if you have that one-hour uh, ride – to work and you you're looking forward to the the hour-long podcast you're probably not going to get it this week although who knows we're just starting out we could get uh we could get sidetracked who knows um anyway dave uh we will start out by talking about orlando city's final home match uh of course the final orlando city competitive match in uh kaka's career and uh, the columbus crew came to town uh and it was uh it was not good it was it stinks um, the, the crew managed to get a goal and Orlando city didn't manage to get a shot on goal, although they had plenty of shot attempts. Uh, they just decided that, uh, it was, it was Carlos Rivas night and we were going to pay tribute <laughs> to the Colombian, uh, by shooting everything over the bar. And, uh, except for, of course, Carlos Rivas himself, who, uh, couldn't really trouble himself to get on the ball a whole lot. So, um, yeah, so Columbus gets a goal from Ola Kamara, which, uh, I don't know. There's a hint of offside, but they didn't really uh, review it or anything, and and it was kind of hard to tell. I've seen uh, a few angles of it now, and it looks like it's a maybe it's about even. So um, it really doesn't matter uh, anyway because uh, Orlando City already eliminated from the playoffs. Would have been nice to at least get a point in uh, Kaká's home finale, but I mean, really, do we want Kaká to go out? You don't want him to go out with a loss, but do you really want to go out with a nil-nil draw either? So uh, not good, uh, Kaká. Um, wasn't great. I think most of the team wasn't great. I did the grades this week and I didn't give out. Uh, I think the highest grade I gave out was like a seven and there was one of those and everybody else was six, six and a half, five and a half, sort of in the meh range. Um, nothing gr- good or great. And um, anyway, uh, it just wasn't uh, wasn't a good uh, game for Orlando City Soccer Club to end the, uh, the home schedule on. And now they've got one game left. They'll go to Philadelphia this Sunday for decision day and really the only decision to be made is uh, which team is worse uh, Orlando City <laughs> or Philadelphia Union uh, they'll battle it out on the pitch at Talent Energy uh, Stadium to uh, to determine that so Dave uh, anything really to say about this game you got anything to add um, 
the only thing I would add is, is uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, emotions were high for for Kaká, and understandably so. And and I thought that that, um, you, you know, despite the loss, that was that was a nice thing uh, to see. Not that we expect any different from him. And I'll even, you know, I mean, you know, he didn't have the best game, but um, you know, given everything that he was probably going through his head and all that, I, I'll even, you know, it's his last match with us. I, I'll give him a pass on that. You know, it was. You know, he had so much going on in his, in his head um, uh, after these last couple of years here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I know why Rivas uh, didn't have to get on the ball much because everybody else was doing what he does. So he didn't feel the need to do it. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, Kaka, very emotional day for him. Uh, tears in his eyes during the anthem, which is not even his anthem. Uh, he's not from this country, uh, but yeah, it was, it was an emotional day for him, uh, in stoppage time as the lions are trying to find an equalizer, two kids decide to run out onto the pitch and help Columbus out by wasting a little bit more time, uh, give the, we're not worthy sign to Kaka, get a, a hug from him and then, uh, get escorted to, to their seats. And then I assume by security on out of the stadium, um, but they're minors, they won't be charged and they won't right. spend a night in jail or anything. Uh, so um, interesting. I mean, Kaká handled that like the way he handles everything, very uh, graciously with class and with humility. So, um, you know, good for him because that was probably based on the game itself, probably the highlight of the match. Anyway, so um, so Kaká's done. He gone. And uh, I know people before you write and and say, um, you know, he's gonna play in the Puerto Rico friendly. Um, it's a friendly. Come on. Um, right. Friendlies are friendlies, and if friendlies really mattered. None of you would hate Seb Hines. None of you. Um, <laughs> he'd be a folk hero. So, uh, and we wouldn't call them friendlies. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Dave, your man of the match for uh, uh, another loss in the 2017 season. It's been rough. Uh, the, it has to be uh, Yoshi Yotun. Um, you know, like you say, on a on a very meh night uh, from everybody. Um, he uh, he did do one of those Carlos shots uh, over the bar, but um, you know otherwise uh, he had um, you know he once again he was making his presence in the in, in the midfield known. So that's it, uh, there wasn't anything that he necessarily did that was spectacular, but amongst a bunch of of very average to below average performances, um, he was the best choice. Yeah, I agree. I had him uh, as the man of the match uh, in the. In the player grades this week, uh, really a high level of play from him. His passing was a little bit down from where it is percentage-wise, but he uh, he still made several key passes, creating chances. Uh, he was dangerous on the ball and around the, the area. And there was a noticeable drop in uh, performance and possession when Jason Christ brought on offensive reinforcements and moved uh, Yoshi back to left back and uh, mm-hmm. the, the thought there is sound and that uh, bringing on an offensive player and replacing uh, Donnie Toya with a very offensive minded player and uh, but it just didn't work I think Yoshi needs to be closer to the, to the goal I think he needs to be further up the pitch and not so deep um, it's just uh, you know he's when he goes to left back he plays left back <laughs> and he's yeah, right. he's not able to to command as much of the pitch as as he had previously and the, the team wasn't getting that from anyone else i mean uh carlos rivas was uh, really kind of invisible uh when he came on kaka was kind of not really uh facilitating the way we normally see him facilitate in the midfield and uh, of course it's going to be very difficult to break down uh columbus when they've got a lead so uh not not the best game um, I do want to talk a little bit about Columbus, though, Dave, before we move to the, the next topic, because, you know, we had this uh, this uh, kind of a really bizarre bombshell in the middle of the week about, um, you know, how Anthony Precourt is talking about moving uh, the founding club of MLS from Columbus to Austin, Texas. And, um as you know, I am I am uh, I call Columbus my hometown, and I I spent many years there and went to school there, and uh, uh, I moved out of Columbus during the crew's first year of existence, and uh, I was it was sort of a team that I guess I never was. Um, if you would have said, oh, who's your favorite MLS club? I'd have said, well, the Columbus Crew, but I never really uh, was like a live uh, live and breathe. Uh, the crew kind of person. I did want to, uh, I did follow them. I was, um, 
you know, I, I would watch their games whenever possible. But of course, back then, you know, '96, there wasn't a lot of MLS games on TV. Right. Uh, it wasn't. You couldn't really watch them from afar too often. And so, you know, I would check uh, check scores and that kind of thing and see how they did. And you know, they were kind of average the first few years, and um, and then they they started to get a little bit better. They won the they won the uh, U.S. Open Cup in '02, I think it was. So, uh, you know, I watched them a little bit. I, I can't when I'd come back to town, I would uh, go to a game, but uh, it wasn't really the the experiences that we're having now with Orlando City. When the, you know, I, I lived in town when when they came here from Austin, ironically, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, they, um, you know, just kind of captured me right off the bat with their with their style and their. Um, they had, you know, a flair, and the, the games were exciting and fun, and and the atmosphere was great, and everything about the club was was uh, top notch, even though it was, you know, not a top flight team. And then we watched them grow up into an MLS club right here, and it was sort of, you know, kind of sealed the deal. It was just, you know, it was it was love at first sight, and then it just continued to be uh, something that grew and grew uh, for me and, and my fandom. So. You know, I own a Columbus uh, Crew jersey, but I'd never wear it. It's in my drawer. <laughs> um, but you know, it, for me, that it really hurts my heart to think that uh, in 2019, this this uh, storied franchise of, of Major League Soccer, that in many ways, when this, the league was struggling, the fans of Columbus were among those that really propped the league up and kept it going. Uh, you know, a couple of other cities, obviously, as well, but. Um, you know, it was they were they were there. They were the cornerstone. They were one of the one of the the cornerstone, uh, you know, franchises of the of the league. And and now that uh, Precourt is this sort of interloper, you know, swoops in, buys the team. And, and you know, you, you kind of saw things kind of improve for a while. They got a, a stadium uh, naming rights deal. So Crew Stadium became Mopre Stadium and uh, they got new uh, jersey sponsors uh and they also got, um, you know, a big uh, deal partnership with Acura. So they, they started to make some inroads. And then the next thing, you, you don't really hear anything else about it. And the next thing you hear is, oh, oh yeah, they're just not, the, the, the marketing metrics aren't good. Uh, they're not keeping up with the rest of the league. Uh, attendance isn't is where we want it. We're going to move to Austin if we don't get a new stadium. And it's, it's really weird. It's kind of crazy because from my perspective, Columbus was the first team in the league to build their own soccer specific stadium. So now people are saying, well, their stadium, mm-hmm. their stadium is substandard. Yeah, well, let's not punish them because they were ahead of the curve. Let's not punish the fans there because, you know, that city and those fans, everybody involved got it done and, you know, give them a chance to get it done again. I don't think really there's anything necessarily wrong with, with, uh, I won't, I really don't like calling it my stadium. So I'm going to call it crew stadium. Um, <laughs> It's a few blocks from campus. It's, I mean, just minutes from downtown. It's not far. It's not like it's one of these deals that it's not hard to get to. It's right off I-71. It's, it's not a bad location. It doesn't have that kind of um, sort of neighborhood feel to it as much because there's not a lot of, like, local establishments in the area. You can't, like, there's not a lot of, you know, bars and restaurants right outside that you can pop in and kind of make a day of it kind of thing. Um, which you get with like the Columbus Blue Jackets and the, the arena district has popped, propped up around the arena and, and really made that a really nice area. And I think that that's what Anthony Precourt wants for his team, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of good spots downtown to build a soccer stadium, uh, in Columbus. So I don't know how he's going to get that done. And, um, I don't know. It was it was odd to me because the there was a provision in the purchase agreement, is the way I understand it, that he could move it to Austin, and like Austin was specifically mentioned. So it's just smacks of something that he he wanted to do this all along, and it's cheaper than buying an expansion franchise. So um, it just really seems very disingenuous to me. I don't want this to happen to the fans of Columbus because. Even though a lot of them say mean and hurtful things about our soccer team to us on social media, <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in Ohio and I, I seen my friends lose the Cleveland Browns. I, I, from just a weird quirk of fate, I played football at the YMCA at a very early age for a team called the Dolphins. And when I found out there was a real Dolphins, that became my favorite team, obviously. But um, everybody else I knew were Browns and Bengals fans. And when the Browns moved away, I mean, I have friends that just – some of them, it just changed their entire personality, and it never, it never came back, even when the, the new Browns came. So it was, 
um, it was it very profoundly changed some of these people. Like it, it look it took a piece of their soul or, or of their <laughs> identity with them. And um, and I know you can relate to that because yep. uh, you were a Baltimore Colts fan. And ironically, we got the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, nobody should uh, no fan should have to, uh, in my case, see their team moved out in the middle of the night in Mayflower trucks. Um, I mean, it's it's heart wrenching. Um, uh, I uh, you know, we had internal discussions, but I, I refuse to call uh, Indianapolis by that name mm-hmm. just on principle. Um and it's so, you know, like you said, uh, they, they do say some hateful things to us all, you know, some of the times on, on the uh, Twitters and everywhere else. But um, I certainly don't I don't wish that upon any fan base um, because that's, uh, you know, that's something that's a bit out of the, you know, the fans, you know, ability to, to do anything. I mean, OK, protest, write letters, talk to your, you know, your civic leaders or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, if if some rich guy wants to move a team, he's going to move a team. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I'm hoping that they can uh, get it worked out. Uh, it was just disappointing to see that uh, Don Garber seemed to be coming out and saying, hey, you know, they're 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 dropping the ball. So they have my permission to go look at Austin and and my support. And I, I just, I, I don't think that that's right. I think that the, you should be, you're a single entity league mm-hmm. and you should be trying to maintain your, your franchises and not, uh, and I mean, really that's the difference between what we've got here and what they have in Europe is that those are actual soccer clubs. There's a ownership stake uh, with the fans. There's, you know, it's, it's a club and here these are franchises they're not actually clubs even if they say soccer club or football club in the name they're not really clubs so um anyway hopefully they'll get it all worked out and they'll be able to keep the team in columbus and you know if they get a nice new stadium or refurbish uh crew stadium whatever they need to do um you know that's uh you know hopefully that'll get done but I, i could tell you this i mean i you go downtown here and you see murals and you see street signs and you see um you know posters up in businesses that you really can't walk more a block without seeing some sign that orlando city is in this town right but if you go to columbus you really don't know that the team hasn't you know that the city has an mls team um there's it's just not in your face like it is here it's it's to me the buck stops with precord himself in that he's not making it a mandate to get the word out um, I don't know if they have car magnets there like they have here. I mean, they should be giving out, you know, thousands and thousands of those things because really that seemed to be uh, a, a real catalyst for the groundswell of support that we have here. Is those those lions uh, started appearing on everybody's bumpers, and and then the next thing you knew, everybody had one. There's one on my car in Tallahassee, for goodness' <laughs> sake. So anyway, whatever you got to do, pre-court, uh, you know, keep the team there. Uh, don't be don't be uh, holding the city hostage and, and don't uh, toy with fans emotions because it's it's not cool. I mean, these this announcement came out or, you know, this kind of story broke after season ticket uh, deposits were down for next year. They're non-refundable, Dave. So yeah. uh, who wants to uh, plunk down money for a lame duck season if they're going to be moving at the end of the year? Yeah, uh, nobody. And, you know, basically, pre-court, don't be an Ursay. Nobody likes an Ursay. Don't be in a, don't be a Titanic douche nozzle. I think is what we're trying to say here. <laughs> I, th- um, I thought that's what I did say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you did. Don't be a model. Don't be an Ursay. Uh, don't be that guy. Uh, anyway, Dave, uh, let's move on to the young lions of Orlando City B, who uh, crashed and burned against the Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, last week, um, last Thursday night, in front of. Uh, a very, very modest crowd, a, a very raucous crowd for the size, but a very modest crowd, a very disappointing crowd for a an I-4 derby that uh, was a, you know, had playoff implications for, you mm-hmm. know, Orlando City B. And, you know, the team came out and they played very hard. Uh, they did generate some chances, but they weren't able to get anything, you know, much like the senior team against Columbus. Uh, they just couldn't get anything in the net. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, they give up a goal and um, (laughs) 
that one was, uh, I believe that first goal was off a corner for, for Tampa. Uh, somebody just lost their man and, uh, you know, it's one, nothing next thing, you know, and, it, and, you know, they fought hard till the end. And then, uh, you know, there was a garbage time goal. Uh, they got hit on the counter very, very late in that game for a second goal. So Tampa won it 2-0, and that eliminated OCB. OCB needed to win. They couldn't even draw. They needed to win that game and get help from one of three teams. Well, it turned out two of those teams helped them out, but they did. They weren't in a position right. to, to jump over them. So they finished two points uh, behind both uh, New York and Bethlehem, and uh, they finished outside, just outside the playoff line in ninth place in Eastern Conference. And uh, – Dave, uh, you, we talked about this in our chat room, the the bombshell that came out Tuesday night on Twitter. Brian Strauss of Sports Illustrated tweeted, oh, why not a late night unconfirmed rumor? And he talked about the Vancouver Whitecaps 2 leaving USL. And he said, the other team, Orlando City B. And so, of course, you know. We all wake up and go, huh? We're like, What? Uh, so, you know, everybody is, uh, is digging, you know, we're all, you know, everybody on the staff was digging today, you know, talk to who, you know, get, go shake the trees, rattle your sources. Let's find out what's going on. And, you know, it did seem that there were people in the organization itself who thought OCB was done. Um, today the, the, you know, the, the club has said, or the spokes, spokesperson, uh, Diego, uh, Kochko, um, he uh, said he talked to Alex Leitao, and they are committed uh, next year to USL. And, you know, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that they stay OCB? Does it mean they stay in Orlando City Stadium? I don't know the answer to either of those teams uh, or the, either of those questions. But I do know that the in some form they're going to have some kind of a presence in USL. I don't know what that looks like at this point. We don't know anything about it. What we do know, Dave, is that 11 players were uh, sent marching today from Orlando City B. Guys on USL contracts, uh, there were seven guys who were not picked up and four guys who were out of contract. Their contracts expired, and uh, it was <laughs> uh, quite the exodus. Now, they only say, they only kept four players on last year they made wholesale changes and they only kept five players on so this is even a bigger uh, massacre than last year but Dave, there's right. some pretty big names from ocb on this list that were not renewed uh defenders zach ellis hayden zach carroll and timbo two of those mm -hmm. three made our best 11 for ocb this uh year uh especially zach carroll down the stretch was a rock at center back um he started the season uh, a little shaky, uh, but I think once he got his bearings, once he got uh, some chemistry with his partners here and got to know the players he was playing with, uh, he really settled in nicely at center back for Orlando City. Um, Zach Ellis Hayden was uh, probably the team's best right back this year, and it didn't even matter if MLS guys played or not. Um, he was just very, very solid. Uh, midfielders who are out of contract or who, who were not renewed, Jordan Schweitzer, who is, uh, of course, uh, recently called up to the Canadian national team, not the Canadian national youth team, Canadian no. national men's team, uh -huh. uh, but he's not here anymore. Danny Deacon, the club's third round pick in the 2017 MLS Superdraft, gone. And uh, one of our, you know, one of the, like a crowd favorite, Austin Martz, uh, a guy who was uh, both a midfielder and a right back at times. This kid has got the highest motor I've seen in USL in years. Uh, he just never stops. And uh, it's going to be, uh, it was it was a pleasure to cover him. It's going to suck to not cover him anymore. So, uh, and then forward Michael Cox, who's been here for two years. And uh, it was the second, is the second all-time leading goal scorer for Orlando City B with 13 goals across two seasons. Yeah, including one recently. I mean, you know, it's uh, that that's a lot of people, and that's 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 just that's that's not even all of them. I mean, we haven't even gotten everybody. Right. So. The the four players who were out of contract, the expired contracts. Goalkeeper Jake Fenlison, who was uh, very instrumental after uh, Earl Edwards Jr. was called up to uh, to replace Josh. Saunders with the uh, with the first team, uh, Jake took the ball from there and did quite well. Um, defender Scott Thompson, uh, who kind of was in and out of the lineup all year, he played some midfielder on the left side, played some left back. Um, 
didn't really have a great season from from my perspective, but he he always put in a, a good work rate. Uh, midfielders Paul Klaus and Lewis Neal, um, and of course <laughs> Lewis Neal's been with the club for a long time. Uh, yeah. Both uh, both in the MLS play and the USL, both versions of Orlando City's USL team. Uh, Lewis Neal is uh, the co-leader in games played for Orlando City B with 48 across the last two years, along with Pierre Da Silva. So. Um, some big names on that list and um it's uh you know it's it is what it is it's a, a developmental team and you know realistically the, the team is just not um it's put together to to try to develop guys and to give uh you know we've talked about it any number of times of, of what ocb mm-hmm. is there for and it's to to give guys minutes coming back from injuries to give guys minutes that have been on the bench for a few weeks and haven't seen any competitive minutes and also to develop the next wave and you know, these guys, by and large, are starting to get into, you know, some of them are a little older, like Lewis Neal. Timbo's 27 years old, very useful player at the USL level, and a kind of guy you want on your team, but because um, he can play midfield, he can play, you know, center back, he can play fullback, but he's, uh, you know, he's just not uh, in the in the club's future plans at, at 27. So, um, you know, there's always this kind of turnover, and the guys who were kept are all 19 years old. Albert Dequa. Uh, Joe Gallardo, Yumeni Jules, and uh, Riley Kraft are all 19. The, the quartet combined for only 42 appearances for OCB this year. Only 24 starts for those four players combined. Well, and you have to figure that, um, you know, like you said, last year there was, you know, a culling as well. So it's not like this is unprecedented or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you know, there's uh, going to be some academy graduates who um, are going to be given a shot. Presumably, uh, assuming that, you know, uh, OCB is in the existence that it is, you know, as of right now, mm-hmm. like, like you said, we don't know exactly what it's all going to look like this, you know, next year. But um, if things stay the same, then some of those guys are going to get a chance. So um, it, it it seems to me that it's it's exactly what we've talked about before is that it's to develop that next wave. And, and that means those young guys and seeing who's got it and who doesn't and and get them uh that next stage of development so we can get them up to the mls squad you know period silver haji berry earl edwards jr all good examples of that yeah now if you hadn't heard some of the names that you might uh be expecting to hear that we didn't discuss it's probably because they're on mls contracts guys like pierre da silva richie larea haji berry they're all on mls contracts they were not part of this uh, announcement today. Also, Connor Donovan, technically MLS contract, he could be on the way out too. I believe his Generation Adidas deal may be over, or he, there may be one more option year. I'm not sure uh, on on his contract status, but um, I would expect uh, some of those guys might be on their way out as well. And and realistically, if this team comes back and the status quo is held, and there is an Orlando City B playing at Orlando City Stadium next year in the same manner that it did this year. Uh, we're going to be in for a lot of signings in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's the good thing that you, you and I can look at this, you know, perspective-wise, and that's going to give us stuff to talk about. So that's nice for us. <laughs> and, you know, for the listeners, hey, it's always neat hearing about the new guys and, you know, what they can do and, you know, Figuring out, uh, you know, who might uh, who might be the next the next guy. Mm. Yeah, we're not gonna get to talk about it till like January though, because they always like kind of lump those signings all at once at the end of the off season. So it's not gonna help our off season uh, content much, Dave. Oh, the tail end <laughs> of it. So anyway, um, it will be interesting to continue to follow this story. Will Orlando City be be back as it is? Will it be kind of um, that? They're going to be the current OCB players maybe loaned to another team. Will they find a new location to play? We've actually heard credible people, uh, credible people that are in a position to know, have given us every possible answer on these (laughs) these questions. So uh, nothing's on the record, but uh, behind the scenes, we're, we're talking to people that do you know, they, they are in a position, they're in positions where they should know what's going on. And if uh, they're giving us a variety of uh, responses, you know, maybe that none of this is even decided yet. I mean, we just don't know. We're, we're doing the best we can to, to get something on the record. 
Uh, but of course, you know, sensitive information, nobody wants to get that out there and be the person that uh, is uh, responsible for it being out there. So um, we have uh, we've talked to a number of people uh, with uh, the with and around the organization. So uh, we will continue to do that, Dave, and we'll find out uh, if we can learn anything new in the coming weeks uh, about Orlando City B. I personally thought uh, the Young Lions were a lot of fun to watch. The yeah. atmosphere wasn't great because, uh, you know, the small, small, uh, you know, audiences uh, that showed up for those games, which really boggles my mind because some of those games were free for season ticket holders. And I mean, let's put it this way. If you could go to the minor leagues and see a young uh, LeBron James, he didn't do this because he went right from high school to the pros. But let's say that he played for some minor league team and he was just some kid, you know, 19 years old and he was a kid and he was playing in some some minor league somewhere. Would you have wished that you had gone to see him way back then and then he became this big star? Of course, because then you've got the, you know what, I remember when I saw <laughs> so-and-so and they were this and, you know, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we used to go to Columbus Clippers games and see, you know, guys like Goose Gossage and Don Mattingly, and they turned into these uh, these Major League Baseball all-stars year after year. And, um, you know, it was really cool to see these guys uh, before they became anybody. And... Um, you know, that's what people could be doing now. You could go watch Pierre De Silva. You could go watch uh, Richie Larea, Haji Berry. I'm not saying any of those guys will become, you know, MLS All-Stars, but um, they could. But they could. They could, yeah. yeah. And you could have said, well, you know, I want, I've been watching this guy since he was, you know, just a pup his first couple of years. And quite frankly, at least once a game, Pierre De Silva does something that makes you go, whoa. Um and uh, and Haji Berry's speed at the USL level is just uh, it's fun to watch him just blast past people like he was shot out of a gun, and mm-hmm. and, and Richie Larea uh, his with his movement uh, at that level has been has been quite good and you know some of these kids that they kept I mean Dequa showed some some signs that he could be a, a Haji Berry type um, he's not very polished but he's you know still very very young. Um, you know, many jewels I thought played really well at times. And, and when he, when he got some chances and I thought he probably should have got more games than he did. Um, but you know, just a, just a kid and you don't want to maybe trust a, a teenager at a, at a defensive position too often. And, uh, Joe Gallardo is, a, is another guy who could blossom into somebody really special. So, uh, as you mentioned, Dave, the, the, you know, the, the Academy is going to graduate some really good players. Will they go college like a lot of last year's did? I don't know. Uh, will some of those college guys come out? Probably not the ones that went last year. Probably not for another year. But a guy like David Loera as a freshman at NC State is really, really, really blossoming. And mm-hmm. he could be, uh, you know, he could be in a position to get a professional contract sooner rather than later. So you never know what's going to happen. But again, we'll keep an eye on it. And we will report anything there is to report. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Uh, we're just running through this tonight pretty quickly, actually, because one of the things <laughs> that uh, we were supposed to do this week was to interview Anthony Pulis. And uh, uh, Skype decided to take a giant flaming dump on Tuesday night. And <laughs> so <laughs> we were not able to get uh, to get the podcast recorded on Tuesday and um, or the interview done. And uh, Ant was not available when we did have some time now. I could have went out and scoured the streets for another quality guest, but it's been a long week, and uh, <laughs> we're not we're not doing that. So no guests tonight. I guess that's what I'm saying. We kept everybody <laughs> for so long last week. Not so much this week. Yep. So we're gonna start cruising a little more. I went to the NWSL championship game at Orlando City Stadium, Dave. It was about uh, I think a little bit over 8,000 showed up for that, which would have been. Uh, above average for a pride crowd. But, of course, I thought it was a little disappointing for a championship game uh, right here in our city. I thought a lot more local fans would show up for that game. I thought it was a really good turnout from Portland fans who came. Uh, North Carolina had quite a few. And there were some pride fans who just came out to to watch the game and enjoy the experience. It was a a brutal game. Um, Neither team reached 60% passing accuracy. Very physical game. Uh, Tobin Heath was knocking courage players out of the game left and right. Uh, 
so ironically, she is now out for the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, as is Taylor Smith, who she knocked out very early in that game. And I think really changed the complexion of that game, Dave, because Taylor Smith is one of those players who can get forward from her, her uh, fullback position, kind of like Steph Catley, mm-hmm. and, and help with the offense. And I thought that uh, the Courage didn't, um, while the Courage did have more scoring chances and more shots, uh, than Portland did. I thought that they really could have gotten forward more uh, had Smith been able to stay on the pitch. And uh, it was disappointing that she uh, went out so early and, and really on a foul that Tobin Heath should have been booked for. And she wasn't booked. And I think that referee Danielle Chesky really set the tone for that game by not booking her uh, because it was just really, really ugly and brutal uh, with some of the tackling and, you know, there could have easily been a couple of players sent off in that game. And, and it was just, there was just no reason to to take a final which with that much emotion and just add the, you know, the element of, of people just getting crushed uh, every few minutes. It was just it was really, really brutal. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't want to mess with Tobin Heath, you know, when she's not in a championship game. Um, you know, she's a she's a tough son of a gun. So. Uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, it seemed like players were going down left and right, and 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 the brutal the word you used was absolutely correct. I mean, it's uh, it wasn't it wasn't the most fun soccer game to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, Lindsey Horan had the game's only goal. It was off a set piece, of course, because after all the fouling that the Thorns did, they of course won the game off of a foul on North Carolina, ironically, and. But it was really tough on North Carolina because not only did Smith get out early, but also in the first half, Smith's replacement was uh, was a player that had been playing in the midfield. She came to right back, and she was the next player knocked out of the game. <laughs> and so, you know, um, they just decided, hey, we're not even going to do this anymore, and they kind of changed shape. And it really affected uh, probably what they what they had worked on. Uh, their game plan had to change before halftime. It was really. Um, kind of unfortunate because it, it kind of would have been interesting to have seen you know how the game would have unfolded had the North Carolina had to make two injury subs in the first half but anyway congratulations to Portland Thorns I thought that uh, you know it was um, it, it was a tough hard-fought game a defensive battle like kind of thought it would be and uh, the game kind of just turned on the first goal and uh, and that goal went to the Thorns and uh, credit to them they they and North Carolina showed all year long that they were the best teams in the league by far. Um, it was nice to hear Tom Sermani come on our show uh, and say how much he wanted to get more physical for next year and get some more, uh, you know, some more physical players so mm-hmm. uh, they can compete with the Portlands and the North Carolinas. And of course, you know, there'll be some turnover on those teams too. So, um, you know, if Orlando can keep mostly what it has and, and maybe add a couple players. Uh, there's no reason that the pride can't be right up there uh, battling for the supporter shield in 2018, Dave. Well, absolutely. Especially given, you know, that, uh, that they'll have some of those pieces right from the get go, you know, with uh, Alex not traveling and uh, Marta being there, you know, without uh, and, and Ashlyn hopefully not getting hurt. I mean, there were a bunch of things that, uh, that went against the pride um, having a, consistent year and uh they were still able to make the playoffs which you know i thought was a um a fantastic result for the the season you know obviously disappointed they didn't go further but um it, you certainly can't you know be upset with with you know how they did and then like i said if you've got uh, all those pieces and potentially more uh when you start out next season well gosh and golly things could go even better all right so i got a beef with the nwsl Okay, go for it. Uh, Paul Riley of the North Carolina Courage was named NWSL Coach of the Year uh, for 2017, which is okay in and of itself. Let's say that. Let's say that it's okay that he won it. But here's the thing that I take exception to, Dave. Paul Riley came into this season with the champions of the NWSL. Mm -hmm. They won the NWSL regular season. So he took a good team and he kept them good. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's to be applauded. Okay. Sure. I'll give you a hand, you know, I'll give you give you a hand for that. Tom Sermoni came into this season with a bad team. He came in to the second month of the season, in even into the third month of the season with a bad team. And then he went on an unbelievable run and finished in 
third place, made the playoffs. He all he had to do to do that was to move Ali Krieger from right back to right center back with Tony Presley to left center back with Monica, <laughs> move <laughs> his big offseason acquisition at center back, move her to defensive midfield, uh, and play a lot of rookie Rachel Hill, survive um, you know, a third of the season without his star striker, and the first few games without his midfielder. So... And then a little section in the middle there without uh, one of the best keepers in the world. Right. So tell me, Dave, who had the tougher job this year? Paul Riley keeping a good team good or Tom Sermani making a bad team good? Well, I'm going to sound like I'm biased, but uh, I, I believe that Sermani had the uh, the tougher job there. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, – if uh, – if you've got a kid and they're getting straight A's and you give them a pat on the back and they continue to get straight A's, well, you haven't really done much. But if you got a kid who's getting C's and all of a sudden they're getting A's because of something you did, well, gosh. That's, maybe uh, they should get a pat on the back, maybe. Well, that's – yeah, exactly. So it's 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 fairly obvious. I, I'm, yeah. going to, uh, I'm going to uh, agree with your beef <laughs> and uh, say that is justified beef. And uh, unfortunately, there's probably not much we can do about it. Yeah. I led you to that conclusion, by the way. That was a very leading question. It was, but that's okay. <laughs> I probably would have gotten there on my own anyway. Uh, as you say, as you say. Um, okay, Dave, we have got some Ask the Mainland Podcast uh, questions this week. Um, and I um, may have lost some of these because... <laughs> I tried to I tried to like them, but I I also like other things, while you know in the course of the so I don't really necessarily always remember, uh, you know when I'm going through here sometimes I don't you know I miss one and I don't like it and if I don't like it then I don't see it, and some people don't put the Ask TMLPC uh, you know hashtag on there so that also makes it hard to find so I'm I'm doing the best that I can, I guess is what I'm saying. If I missed your question, please uh, feel free to ask it again uh, next week. Tweet back at me. And please remember when you tweet at the mainland, please include that hashtag AskTMLPC. And if you uh, if you did, uh, did, did it right the first time and we still don't read your question, it means I lost it. So just please just send it again. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm an old person and us olds, well, sometimes we, we are forgetful, we lose things and that kind of thing. So, um, uh, and Twitter doesn't really make it easy to just like dump stuff in a folder and, and find it later, uh, quite frankly. So um, anyway, I'm making excuses at this point, but that's what it is. Also, if you want to email us your question, you can do that. And I'll definitely see that because that would be a very easy way for it to stand out because no one has ever emailed us a question <laughs> except for, I think, Mark Johnson emailed you. Uh, right. So uh, anyway, did Mark Johnson send a question this week? He did. Would All you right, like well, to start out with that yeah, one? Yeah, you... let's start with Mark Johnson. Our regulars will definitely take precedence over the uh, the, the sometimes people. Okay, so he had a uh, – it's, it's somewhat soccer-related. Basically, he wanted to know what happened to the pitch invaders, the young gentleman who went out and, <laughs> and gave the uh, I'm not worthy to Kaka. Um, well, Mark, I'm glad you asked that question. Have you ever heard of – I think it's pronounced Guantanamo Bay? No, is they, it, is it Guantanamo? <laughs> Guantanamo, yeah. They they went to have Chinese food after the after the uh, the game. They went they went to that'd be a great name for a Chinese restaurant, Guantanamo. Uh, that's a winning that's a winning idea right there. And, <laughs> and you, you better you better get that trademarked really quickly because otherwise it's going to be gone. Yes. Uh, anyway, Mark, uh, they were as you know escorted from the pitch by our very own captain Kaka, and uh, I did not sort of watch, but I was kind of told that. Uh, the uh, person that brought them uh, and them and they were escorted out of the stadium. But of course, they didn't miss much of the game because it was already in stoppage time. So um, now I don't know if there's any other repercussions. I can get I can ask the, the PR staff with the club and find out if they're like banned for life or anything. You know, anything juicy like that. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> would be I really hope, bad. I hope, I hope not. Yeah, that would be, know. yeah, that would, that would not be good. You don't do that to kids and that's just not good PR. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks Mark for that uh, question. I, uh, we don't, we don't have the full answer, but we do know they were 
They were not asked to stay. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. They weren't given a. Uh, so they didn't get a commemorative uh, jersey, you know, signed by Kika or anything like that. Yeah, no, no, no probably not. not. Okay. Oh, well. All right. Can't... So what uh, did, is that? The only one that Mark sent. The only That's all he had time for. He's in law school. He's busy. Oh well, you know, I don't know. I don't know why he would be busy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I went to. I went to college. It wasn't all that busy. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so let's get to our Twitter questions. Uh, Ken M wants to know on Twitter, uh, what does next year's starting lineup look like? Who from this year's team is gone next year? Um, before you answer that, Dave, I do want to say that uh, our off season, we will definitely get into our stay or go. We do that every off season. Uh, the mm-hmm. first first show after the season ends, we'll do our our uh, stays and goes kind of thing, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of make our predictions then. Um, but I would say in the in the interest of brevity, Dave, uh, give me f- five players from this year's roster who start next year, in your opinion. Um, let's see. Dom Dwyer. Um, Spectre. Uh, let's see, going through the head, um, uh, surprisingly, um, this is, this one was a little, a uh, little iffy, but, uh, Seb Hines, um, uh, gosh, some of these, cause I'm, I'm, I'm very on the fence about where they stay or where they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Seb Hines was a bold prediction by you. Right? I know, I know. All that's, right. That's... So you said so far, you've said Dwyer, yep. Specter, Hines, who else? Uh, let's do, oh, uh, Yotun, obviously, and, um, oh, Sutter. Okay, so I am going to say five starters next year that are currently on this roster. Uh, Dwyer, Spectre, Sutter, Yotun, Bendik. Oh, yeah, I missed the obvious one, didn't I? Jeez. Uh, I would say them, uh, who is gone from this year's team. Uh, I believe Kyle Laren will be sold. Uh, Kaka will obviously be gone. Um, let's do let's do five of these each, too. Okay. I'll do the, the gone, five guys gone first. Okay, so um, I already said Kaka, I already said Laren. I think Carlos Rivas will be gone. Um, that's three. I think... Dylan Powers will be gone. Uh, I just don't think he's he's fit in well so far. Um, but I could be wrong. That he's he's my sort of like my my wild card. Like you said, Seb Hines was sort of your your yeah. your, your bold prediction. Dylan Powers would be my bold bold prediction. What do I what do I got four? Yeah. Uh, okay. And number five. I know Alex Latow said he'd be back, but I. I just don't see how No Chirino comes back next year. Okay. Um, so. So you're Kaka, five. Kaka, obviously, I agree with you on there, and I think they they get some going to get some money for him. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Dylan Powers. I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. It's it hasn't been. I don't know that we've gotten anything much out of them. We obviously we could be wrong on that. Um, let's see who else. Um, uh, and I know I agreed with like pretty much everybody you said. So who else okay. did you mention? Uh, Rivas. Yes. Sorry, that's who I was. I was trying to, to remember. Yeah, I yeah. definitely think Carlos is gone. He just and, has and, to live and up to expectations. No, Torino was my other, my fifth. Oh yeah, that one. Oh, man, that that one's kind of a. Because if if you know if Alex hadn't said something, I, that would be a definite for me, and I'll, I'll stick with it. But that, that that is a that is a coin flip kind of a thing. You know, I'm 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 okay if he stays where he goes, but. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, he's been uh, kind of reborn a little on the right side, but I don't think he offers enough offensively to to keep him at his salary. And even though Alex said he expects him back, he's not 
Nikki Budalic, he's not Jason Christ, and I don't know, you know, what options they'll have in the offseason. I, I gotta think they want to right side Yoshi. I gotta think Yoshi's gonna be on the left. They want someone like him on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want a, a, you know, they want a uh, a destroyer at the bottom of the diamond, whether that's Igita or whoever it is, somebody that's not on the team yet. I don't know. And uh, you know, they need somebody up top. I. You know what? Somebody we didn't say is Giles Barnes. Giles maybe, Barnes. Maybe yeah. he's the one that's gone. Uh, so anyway, we will, of course, do the stays goes at the end of the year. But thanks, Ken, for your uh, question. Um, Luis Hernandez asked about the uh, the crew possibly leaving Ohio. Uh, we talked about that um, you know, earlier in the show. I think we both think that that's a terrible idea. We don't think it's good for the, the league. We don't think it's good for the, the fans, obviously. And it's terrible for the city of Columbus. So... Uh, I think we've got that covered. Um, JR wants to know, did I miss the TIFO for our departing captain of three years? I, if I was, I wasn't at the stadium and they didn't show it on TV. So you're going to have to be the one that, that answers yeah. this one. Uh, I would say you, you, yes and no. Yes. You missed it. If it was really small, like real, like a postage stamp or something or a postcard. <laughs> Um, and, uh, no, if they made it a normal size, uh, you didn't miss it cause they never showed one. Um, in fairness, I think the announcement was just a few days before the game. Possibly they didn't have time to, um, make one in the few days before the game. So I don't know. I, I did expect one for the, for the final game. Um, even before the, the Kaka announcement, I would have thought that that was a game you'd have one for, you know, at least like a, sort of a th- thank you to the players or a send off or whatever, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's money or materials or time, whatever uh, the supporters groups did not do a TIFO for the final uh, game. But I invite the, the supporters groups to write in and, and say, you know, uh, if there was a reason why you didn't uh, let us know. Uh, thanks, JR. Uh, David G. Could we see the roster cleanup on the main roster spread to the Young Lions as well? I think we got our answer there. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'll go ahead and take that one. Yes. Yeah, I think we'll see something. Something's going to happen. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> I'm going to go bold prediction here, and I'm going to say four guys that are left afterwards. Yeah, so only, I think only about four USL guys. Yeah, that'll be here. about it. <laughs> That's a good call on you. Um, <laughs> uh, David G., very big uh, Orlando City B fan, by the way, must be, because uh, his other question is, how do you see OCB faring in the offseason? Will Ant be at the helm, or could we see a different skipper? Whew. There's so many things that go along with that, um, as in where and how is US or OCB going to B, is it going to be as it is? Is it going to be something else? Um, if uh, if we maintain uh, OCB like we do, and he wants to be here, then Ant will be here because um, I'm certain uh, that they would they would want him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, you know, if something weird happens and uh, they're not uh, technically OCB anymore, or who knows, then it, then I. Gosh, only knows. Um, I, regardless, I'm confident Ant will be someplace. But uh, yeah, I, I, the quick answer is if we have OCB as they are, then yes, Ant will be there. Yeah, I uh, I think that unless someone offers uh, Ant a better deal uh, to go there, I think he's going to be back um, if there's a team. And, uh, you know, we don't know what form that team will be in right now. We don't know. Uh, there's a lot of questions. I mean, that Brian Strauss thing was pretty, uh, you know, here's a guy from Sports Illustrated who should be in the know, who's got a pretty good network of contacts saying that OCB is out. So, um, you know, the, the, the team says that they're committed to USL, but they didn't say Orlando City B will be back as it was this year. So they didn't come out and necessarily give all the details yet. We have to wait and see what happens. But, um, you know, I'm sure that with the job that Ant has done, that the club would love to have him back. So, yeah, that whole uh, tweet really sent our internal internal uh, communications into a uh, into quite the interesting uh, read. Yeah, it was. It's not what you want to read when you're getting ready to go to bed. No, <laughs> it's like now I got to talk about this and think about it and ask questions and send emails and. 
send texts and all kinds of things. Um, anyway, uh, the last question I see in our box, Dave, and of course, again, if I missed your question, please resend it um, because it's just it's just my ineptitude. It's not really you know anything you did wrong. Um, Luis Hernandez, our old friend again, he uh, he asks, what picks? Uh, does Orlando City have going into the offseason? I'm assuming that's uh, the MLS Super Draft picks. Uh, I have done a little bit of research, very preliminary research on this. As far as I know, uh, just based on the information I can find online, I haven't had a chance to, to get with the communications department and confirm this, but as far as I know, Orlando City has all of its picks in this upcoming Super Draft. Uh, I am looking at the... Uh, of course, <laughs> you're always taking uh, always taking a risk when you're looking at Wikipedia, <laughs> but uh, the, um, the you know Wikipedia doesn't have the draft order yet because obviously there's still games to be played. But they what they do have is the trades, and I'm not seeing any trades from Orlando City to someone else uh, on this list, uh, first, second, third, or fourth round. Uh, in fact, oh I'm sorry I I'm wrong. Round three, Orlando City's round three pick. Uh, has gone to Dallas. Uh, that was from the Mikey Ambrose uh, uh, rights trade last year. So, um, so we don't have that. In fact, now I'm seeing the other one that I didn't see. I'm, I guess I'm kind of blind, really, when it comes <laughs> down to it. The other one was uh, the Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Tony Rocha's rights were acquired for next year's fourth. So we got a first and a second, uh, and that's as of now. Who knows what we could have by the by the draft? Uh, although, uh, quite frankly, there's not a lot. Uh, in the third and fourth rounds um, that end up making uh, Major League Soccer team rosters. And, uh, you know, I think you see about what, you, what you're looking at talent-wise when you look at Danny Deacon this year for Orlando City B. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they brought him in in the third round, uh, I think around the 67th pick, I want to say, off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, they signed him. They ended up cutting him and then assigning him to a USL deal. And even on that, he didn't really play a lot. I mean, he got some starts, and he, he was given minutes enough to try to make a, a difference. And uh, he just really um, didn't didn't really ever settle in and, and provide any kind of consistency for OCB this year. So, you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot, the, the MLS Super Draft. And if you get one player that makes your team out of that draft, that's that's pretty good, and you're more likely to get them in the first couple rounds. So, uh, Orlando City has a first and a second round for sure. We don't know if they might, you know, part with somebody to get a, you know, get another pick somewhere along the line. I know, uh, you know, we, we do we all remember the the trading up to get uh, Haji Berry. Uh, they got Haji Berry and Richie Larea both in the first round uh, the year before last. So, um, and then uh, you know, looking ahead to 2019. Orlando City actually got a round four pick from Atlanta United. Indeed. Yeah, there's so much that can happen between now and then. Like I said, uh, the, one, the order hasn't even been decided. Um, two, um, if they're looking at somebody who's already on a roster someplace and they you know, need to give away a pick, they may end up doing that. It's it, There's... There's so much that uh, that has to happen uh, before then. But like I said, at least for the moment, first and second. This is fun, Dave, because we're actually going to go over an hour. And Holy we, cow, we sure we, are. What we thought was going to be a short one. But in fairness, I had to rant about the Columbus thing for a bit, and then we had to talk about OCB quite a bit, which we don't normally do. But uh, And then we had a lot of questions. Uh, so and- thanks, Luis, for your questions uh, this week. Um we will we will look forward to getting that final draft order, but a first and second round pick at least. Uh, Orlando City picked up a fourth round pick from Atlanta in 2019, but they also gave up their fourth rounder in 2019 to get Josh Saunders. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a situation where they they traded one fourth and got another fourth back. So, hopefully, or uh, Atlanta will finish below Orlando City next year, and uh, they'll be able to have a better pick. Yeah, and we're not known for our brevity, so I'm not entirely surprised that we went over an hour. We're verbose. We're we very, are verbose. Very, very gregarious people that we like to talk and hear the sound of our own voice. Um, <laughs> Dave, we have a game. We have one more game. Uh, uh, we have no more OCB games. We have no more Pride games. We have one more Orlando City SC game. The Lions are going, Dave, to the Philadelphia Onion. Union. I think that's how it's pronounced. Union. And uh, that's in uh, in Chester, PA. 
And uh, I want to know what are, what what's your key matchup? What's your final score prediction? Oh, um, you know, Philadelphia has actually been pretty good at home this year, despite their uh, record. Um, and uh, gosh, it's key matchup on this one is really tough because neither team is playing for anything other than to see who's the worst. Um, you know, are, are guys going to get, uh, you know, a look uh, to see how, you know, how dedicated they are, you know, to keep a spot or, or what. So there's, uh, there's so much going on in that. I'm going to say um, how we do in the midfield, you know, how basically how much, how much Yoshi do we have, uh, you know, and how much uh, ball control are we going to have in the midfield that we can maybe um, keep a little possession, keep them uh, off the scoreboard at home where they, like I say, they have been good. And um, I would love to say that we're going to finish out with a win, but I'm just not going to. Uh, like I said, Philly's been good at home. Um, uh, I'm going one nothing loss. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm struggling to even think of a matchup in this game that really I care about at all. <laughs> it's like, uh, right. uh, I don't know. Uh, Spectre against the Pong, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it, you're right. They have a 9-4-3 home record. They were terrible on the road, 110 and 6 uh, So they were a little bit better than Orlando City at home. They were a little worse than Orlando City on the road. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't see there's anything to play for. You could say, well, they're playing for their jobs, but I mean, honestly, if you're Philadelphia is too. So it's, it's going to be an ugly, stupid game that you won't remember. Uh, like the ugly, stupid game two years ago at Philadelphia, (laughs) uh, the ugly, stupid game last year at Philadelphia. I don't know. It's, um, I I also see one nil to the union, but I think, uh, if, if, it would be fitting if it's a nil-nil draw between these two teams. It's just, it's just been a bad season. Uh, it's been a bad summer. We started off having two tremendous months, Dave, that we really enjoyed, and it's oh, just been so a, fun. all downhill since then. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to suck. You're going to watch this and go, wow, why am I watching this? Uh, you're going to watch it because it's the last <laughs> match of the season right. and you're not going to be able to watch another one until next year. And so that's why you're going to do it. Exactly. Watch it like here, here's what, how I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it kind of like mystery science theater 3000. <laughs> I'm just going to make sarcastic remarks throughout the game. Uh, some of them might make it onto Twitter. Oh, that's I, I like this idea. Some of the like cleaner ones will make it onto Twitter, maybe. But uh, but yeah, well, I'll probably be live tweeting the game and and you know doing my normal thing. I, I I'm normally I don't just give the play by play. A lot of times I'll give a little bit of commentary as well. So um, yeah, look for some of that. And it's it's it might be like <laughs> it's like you know I haven't checked in in five minutes, but nothing's happened literally. Uh, that might be something like that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pleasant, but, uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a moment of magic from Yoshimar Yotun or somebody. Um, maybe we'll see if Kyle Aaron's uh, hip allows him to play. Uh, maybe he will, um, you know, score his final, final game as a lion or final goal as a lion. And who knows, or maybe, maybe we'll get a Dom goal and a backflip. Who knows? Um, but we haven't scored a lot of goals in Philadelphia in our time <laughs> in MLS. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be, it'll be, uh, it's another, it's the 34th game of the year. And then we have to wait until March to get another one, uh, that counts. So, um, and since we both predicted, uh, one nil loss, then that is exactly what won't happen. Yeah. It'd probably be worse. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that is going to wrap it up, Dave, unless you have something else you want to add for this number, uh, one Oh eight of, uh, the mainland podcast. Um, other than, uh, appreciation to all the listeners and, uh, oh, go, uh, go write us a review on, uh, on the iTunes. Absolutely. Yeah. Give us a star rating, uh, write a, a, a glowing review. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the air. We didn't this week and I didn't look to see if we had any this week. Cause again, uh, we're a little discombobulated because of the, the Skype issues that we had, uh, last night. But I, if I see any, I'll read them next week and uh we'll get that done and 
and uh, we appreciate those that have done that so far. We have a pretty good rating, uh, but the, every rating we get, every nice review we get, it uh, enables us to reach a wider audience. So please do that. Um, okay, that'll do it for this episode of the Mainland Podcast. Please read our stuff at uh, themainland.com. Like us on uh, on the Facebook, and uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at the Mainland and uh, Facebook.com/slash/TheMainland. So that's where you can find us. Uh, I want to give you a programming note that we will be back next week to break down the Philadelphia game and uh, any other news that has come out since uh, this podcast uh, was recorded. And then we'll be going to our off-season schedule, Dave. We will be doing it monthly, uh, November, December, January, February. There'll be one a month, unless something big happens that we maybe need to convene uh, for a, you know, maybe a short, uh, shorter version of a, of a bonus podcast, uh, you know, like let's say some major deal, like um, uh, I don't know, uh, Car- you know, Kyle Laren gets sold and they, you know, they sign some big name player or something. Uh, you know, we would, we would definitely uh, probably have to have a, a little discussion about that to, to not have to wait until, you know, three more weeks for the next podcast or whatever. But you know, we'll do whatever makes sense if it's. If something big happens and it's like a week out, we'll we'll wait. If it's something big happens and it's like three more weeks to the next podcast, then we'll probably do like a little bonus podcast. So um, that's something you, for you to look forward to. Please continue to send us uh, your questions for Ask the Mainland Podcast. It's more important in the offseason than ever before. And it doesn't have to be soccer related. Just ask us whatever you, you know. We're like, you know, the Alexa of the of the world. You know, we're you can ask us, you, you know, like say, okay, Google. Uh, you know how, <laughs> how how big is a blue whale or whatever? We'll we'll tell you the answers to those questions. You don't need Alexa or Google, although they're probably a lot faster and more responsive. Um, but uh, feel free <laughs> mean, to ask. They, yeah, they, they don't they don't wait for the uh, the tweet to go out and then to get read and then a couple days to go by and then yeah, you're right. They yeah. they may be quicker, but they the, might but be. but uh, you know, but you're right. I mean, we'll we'll give an answer. It may not be right. But we will, you'll definitely we will, get an answer. Yeah, we will actually our our answers will be right. Okay. Everybody else might be wrong. Uh, oh, that's true. But and you may not be able to verify it on on uh, online. But we'll give you the correct answer. The correct answer. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, thanks uh, to uh, Lucas from the uh, from the Orlando City uh, communication staff for uh, bearing with us Tuesday night. As we had uh, some issues, what the issues were not ours; they were Skype related. Skype was down. It was a regional thing in several regions. Skype had some issues, so we uh, we were not able to get Ant uh, Pulis on. We will continue to try to have him on. I assume that maybe they won't give him to us until <laughs> they've, you know, sort of made some type of an announcement uh, on what the, the plan is for next year. But. Um, We've had Ant on before. He's always uh, he's always good to talk to. So hopefully we'll be able to get him. And if not, you know, Jason Christen can be doing anything next week. Yeah, why not? So we've had him on uh, last year at the end of the season too. So anyway, we'll we'll try to get back to the guests next week. We apologize for going over an hour when we had no guest, uh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we we just won't shut the hell up. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, especially me. I will not shut the hell up. I, I ranted a little bit about the Columbus thing and. It's okay. uh, We'll be back next week uh, to talk about the Philadelphia Union game and anything else that has come up between now and then. (laughs) And we'll do all of that next week on episode 109. But that's it for 108. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, signing off the way I always do by saying, Go City!